0: We're all in business for a reason. The problem that so many small business owners have is that they go in 10 million different directions, not really sure which way to go. Listen as your team of experts, Jennifer Glass, Daniel McCrane, and Patricia Rezzatillo, go through what you need in your business to really make it stand out and benefit you, because it's it's the the bottom bottom line that matters. matters.
1: welcome to another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast, where we are dedicated to your success. On today's program, we're going to be talking about setting yourself up for growth and scalability. There's a lot of things that we think about when it comes to how we grow. There's a lot of concerns that come in when we are growing. We spoke recently about growing too fast. We know that sometimes when you're growing too fast, there's a lot of issues that come into play. But on today's show, we're going to be talking about what do you need to do to ensure ultimate long-term growth? Where are you going in terms of your scalability? How do you know when it's right to keep going and moving forward from there? Scalability takes a lot of different directions in terms of what you're doing. It could be something hiring the right people. We spoke about having the right team a couple of shows ago. Having the right budget. We spoke about that recently as well. Having the right opportunities present themselves, the right partners, the right time, all make a difference in scalability. But as we look at how you're going to grow, you really want to be thinking, what is it that you can be doing? How can you be setting yourself up for optimal growth and continuing for the long-term success? So Daniel, Patricia, let me ask you, what are some of the things that we want to be thinking about when it comes to scalability, when it comes to our growth and how we can continue growing. Well,
0: I would say that it has to begin with a future vision. What do you intend to create with your business? Where are you going with it? If we take that story of the three bricklayers who get interviewed and uh, one Brick layer says, oh, I'm laying bricks uh, when asked the question. What are you doing? What are you building? Uh, oh, I'm laying bricks. The second brick layer says, oh, well, I'm building a wall and the third brick layer says I'm building a cathedral. What are you building in your business? You need to start with that long-term vision and then from there you need to start to build the systems or the framework or the tools into your business that will support that long-term vision that you have for your business. So I'll stop there. Patricia, go ahead and jump in. I know you've got some ideas on this subject too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a few years ago I talked with a gal who had a very high touch service and she was like, well, how do I get more clients? And I'm like, from the sound of it, you need to figure out how, what, how your system works and how to scale it, because as it is, you can only, you know, have two or three clients at a time. And she was like, oh, yeah, I really have to work on that. And that was really as far as our conversation went, because she didn't need marketing, she needed systems. So regardless of what it is you do, you have to figure out how the system works. What each piece is, how you can train somebody else if it's if it's a high touch thing like that, um, how how each what the pieces are, and if you can train that to somebody, you know, a step by step, do this, do this, do this, or if it's going to be so high touch that you you can't outsource it, you're going to have to make it, you know, a high ticket item because you can't scale. And I think scalability is one of the first, maybe not the only first thing, because the first thing I think that you should consider if you're bringing a new product to the market is, is the market large enough for this? You know, what scale do I want to do it at? What price point is this going to be? And then the very next thing is how do I scale it? You know, do I outsource pieces? Can I automate stuff, you know, or what can I automate? It, it's vital that you under have a good understanding of this. And if you're outsourcing things, you need to have more than one vendor for each piece. Because like Dan Kennedy says, one is the loneliest number. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you know, you have a vendor, when a vendor, not if when your primary vendor goes lame, then what do you do? And your whole thing is built on this one vendor, then what do you do? So, yeah, it's it's a big thing to consider.
1: Absolutely. And the systems is really a key thing, but you also raise an important part in terms of surveying the market. I think we spoke about this before in another episode as well, like in our first season even, about surveying the market, seeing what the market really wants is the market looking for your service or is this something that doesn't make sense? Here's a perfect example. I was working with a mentee in a pro bono coaching project that I do. And she had an exercise program that she was looking at launching. And it was geared to a very specific market And I said, before you go ahead and invest in that campaign, let's look at a couple of things that you're really trying to do to make sure that it's going to be the right opportunity before you go ahead and spend the money. Notice I said spend, not invest the money in a project or product that is not going to have customers. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with very pointed questions to ask her avatar, her ideal client, is this something that would be of interest? Would you take advantage of it? Would it be something that you would pay for? Those are all some of the kinds of questions you need to know in terms of where you go from there. There's another service that I use where I was recently asked, if we change from free, don't worry, you're still getting it for free. But if we changed from free, how much would you be willing to pay? And because I'm an early adopter, they told me that don't worry, we want you still as a customer because it's important to investors to see they still have you as a customer. But they also know customer value. What can they realistically ask based on your user experience? For those of you that are of a certain age, you might remember when there was a lot of freemium products out on the web. And a lot of things went from free to paid very quickly because you needed to have that scalability or growth. Advertising alone was not going to cover the entire amount that you needed. So there's a lot of things that come in when we look at scalability when we look at how can we grow, we need the right budget. Without the budget, how do we get there? We need the right team, right? If you don't have the right people, where do you go? You need the right systems, like Daniel and Patricia were talking, in order to get there. So let me ask both of you though, we figure out there's room in the market for what we have and we think we have systems how do we start and i know this is kind of veering a little bit off of our topic but how do we start ensuring that our system is going to help us meet that scalability instead of it just being a system for the purpose
2: of having system
0: oh wow this is a fun question
2: (laughs) you run clients through it (laughs) You have your people using it and you look for places, you you look for the customer complaints and then you look at your system and you're like, well, where's the system failing? Where do I have to fix the system?
0: And I would even start before that, yes, Patricia, you are right. That is a a very necessary step. Uh, Have your internal team beta tested or have some of your very best clients uh, try it out already. I would even start with uh, beginning to map out the workflow. What's supposed to happen end to end in this process? What do you expect to happen? And then what could go wrong? Yeah. If somebody falls out of this workflow, what happens next?
2: Where's the safety for that? Yeah. Safety, the catch. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kind of like the IVRs mm-hmm. the, um, the automated response, interactive voice response, yes. Um, oh, the automated phone system um, that is incredibly annoying sometimes. <laughs> I needed to call a pharmacy to get information about medication. And it kept on saying, what's the name of the medication? And it didn't want to let me get through to an actual live representative until I literally screamed at the thing, give me a stupid representative. <laughs> and then it said, straight to a representative. <laughs> and I asked the woman at that company, I said, How do I avoid having to literally yell at the thing? Give me a stupid representative to get through. And because she has to deal with it, too, because there's no way to reach somebody directly. You have to go through that system. Mm -hmm. And you have to keep saying, no, 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 no. Representative, no, 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 no. Representative, no, no, no. no." And eventually you're going to get through. (laughs) But if you answer yes at any point or anything otherwise, good luck you're gonna be stuck there you know, forever. And that becomes an issue when you're thinking about it. And that's a failure of systems because it's not necessarily recognizing everything. The other thing also, when you talk about systems, does it understand accents? If somebody has a very thick accent, it very often has a problem understanding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are you doing in your own internal systems also if you use artificial intelligence to answer questions online. If somebody uses a different phraseology, it might confuse your AI system, even though you have systems, right? And so like Daniel, you were saying, what happens if somebody falls through at a certain point? At what level are you still in a position to support that person and continue the conversation Do you have to bring them back to the start because your system failed? And then where do you go? How do you patch that up? Those all become questions that you need to think about as you're building that system. And so when you're thinking about having a system, it's not just enough to have a system for sake of having a system. It has to be the right system.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I could talk about uh, a company that installed the wrong system that my wife used to work for. Um, you know what? I, I think we could talk about the industry because this company is no longer around <laughs> installing the wrong systems. Uh, they were a mail-order pharmacy for AARP.
2: Oh. And
0: they installed a brand-new fulfillment system in three months' time that they did not bother testing.
2: Well, it works. They spent how many thousands on it? Of course it works. (laughs) It's better than dealing with a human.
0: (laughs) Oh, it it failed miserably. Uh, In three months time, they would lost 50% of their customer base uh, because (sighs) medications were not being fulfilled. In six months time, they had lost another 50% of their remaining customer base. And in nine months, they had no customers. (laughs)
2: And nobody did anything to stop it, to fix it, to go in to say, Hey, what's going on? Where do we need to work on this? It
0: went downhill way too fast for anybody to figure out how to, and there was no going back once they turned the system on. There was no going back to the old way. Yeah. So the important system, the right systems, you make a very important point, Jennifer. Installing the right systems into your business is very important. You know, just to shift this conversation a little bit in terms of scalability, um, but related to systems, I suppose, uh, the, um, another very important factor to consider when you want to uh, set your business up for scalability is you have to remove yourself from the equation as fast as possible. And so that does feed into systems. Uh, let me also throw out there, it, it also feeds into documentation. Yes. What's in your head And how can other people do what you're currently doing? Get yourself out of the way as fast as possible.
2: Which means you have a system that's the system, and you don't have a person who's being the system.
0: You know, sometimes if it means having other people brought in to run the system, uh, Jennifer was talking about that earlier. Having team members in place for that scalability who can do some of those things right. Yeah.
1: And those are some really great ideas. You need to make sure that it's not just limited to what, you know, the person, like you said, um, and taking yourself out of it. I know we've said this many times. We walk around with blinders and we're stuck thinking, oh, yeah, the world sees the product or our business or what we do the same way just because that's how we see it. One of the things that we always say and we guide our clients on is just because you think the world wants your product does not mean the world wants your product. Don't tell the world what you want them to know. Tell them what they need to know, not what you think they need to know. And so it really becomes important as you look at that to think about it in that perspective and the scalability then is even more important because of how all of those pieces play in. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anything
1: was, uh, else to add here?
0: Yeah. Uh, Michael Gerber, I, I just had to look it up uh, to find out for sure. Um, but Michael Gerber, I believe, is the one who's credited with saying that business is built on systems, and we could use the term processes too, uh, but business is built on systems and people run the systems.
2: Yes, And that's why you can have a company that's been around for, you know, 150 or 200 years.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yep, absolutely. Because it's
2: not about the people, it's about the system. Exactly. When you're focused on
1: where you're really going long term, that's where the difference is going to be. When you know it's the system, it's not the people. But the people are key to the success of the system. In other words, if they don't follow it, as we always say, you're only as good as your weakest link. If the system is not followed, scalability and all those other problems go out the door, and your success goes out the door too, potentially. Mm -hmm. And every now and then you also have to look at the system to make sure that it's the right system at that moment in time. Yeah. If you take the major fast food companies, They've had systems for decades, but every now and then you realize something has to change. The ice cream shake machine may not be enough to do what they need to do when they're still doing it 25 years after it was put in, if it managed to (laughs) last that long.
2: It needs cleaned once in a while. (laughs) (laughs)
1: But as it relates, though, to the systems, right, do you switch from this vendor to that vendor? Do you keep genetically modified organisms, GMO, in your product, or do you take it out, or do you put it in to change the system? Will the recipe change as a result? We know Coca-Cola, KFC, these are brands that are out there that they've got recipes that are locked away. And you know that they test recipes because they come out with new brands of what they do and try and change things up. But how they do it and how it's being protected becomes important too. And so you think about where you're going and how you're doing it. And that becomes really important. So as we look at wrapping up our conversation on scalability though, and systems, Patricia, final thoughts?
2: Well, one of the big things that I've seen is the head of the organization is too involved in the system and too involved in the business. He wants to run, he wants to be the business. You have to take that out. You have to take out whoever wants to be the business and you have to replace it with the system because otherwise what happens when that person goes lame, dies, crashes, whatever, the system is, the system is actually more important than the individuals within the company.
0: Yeah, it seems a little heartless to say sometimes, but that's absolutely true. And uh, we can look at John Maxwell's uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and the very first law is the law of the lid, that every leader has a a top capacity, and uh, you're referring to the incompetence of that top leader to be a leader. And John Maxwell talks about the, the McDonald brothers and, and Ray Kroc coming in and the difference in their leadership capacity to grow the business and to mm-hmm. achieve scalability. And it's about getting out of the way yourself. It's about creating systems. Now, let me expand the, the definition of that word. Let's say processes. I don't want too many people listening to this podcast to think that systems means automation without people in place something that is systematized can't even be a manual checklist that needs to be performed the same way over and over so if you want to use the term process that's fine substitute the word process documenting those processes and doing things the same way every single time is really what we're talking about here and if that's not documented anywhere you are going to struggle to achieve true scalability.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You'll hit that law of the lid every time.
2: Yeah, whose rule was it? Incompetence rises to.
0: That's the Peter Principle.
2: The Peter <laughs> Principle, right.
0: Everyone gets promoted to their greatest level of incompetence.
2: <laughs> Some people a few levels above, but. Right. <laughs> We Depends don't on do the-
1: like that. <laughs> <laughs> but what you do need to think about is you need to be thinking about how that's all going to impact your overall growth and trajectory in your business. I know we keep saying that in a lot of these different um, episodes. There's so much that impacts your business's operational and strategic growth, that it really does become important to have the right people in your team. And that doesn't mean just employees. It means your advisory board. It means the right mentors and coaches and people that are outside of your 9 to 5 or whatever that time is, um, life. It becomes extremely important for you to be focused on how do you get that outside perspective in your business to make sure that what you're doing is really going to help you. Whether it's scalability, it's systems, it's people, it's budgeting, whatever the issue is, you really need to have that objective third party that can be looking at your business and seeing where you go from here. And so as we wrap up our conversation, you really need to think, what are you going to do next? What is your checklist, like Daniel was saying, that you are going to create? And you are going to make sure that as you check off these items, it's going to ultimately lead you to where you're trying to get to. Ultimately, you're probably trying to get a customer You're probably trying to keep that customer. You're probably trying to have a system in terms of product development, a system in terms of new offerings. Whatever that system is that is designed for, you need to ensure that that system is being looked at also. One of the things we spoke about, and I know we discussed this in our first season, is your business plan. Your business plan is not looked at only once put in a drawer and never looked at again, right? Too many people say, I need a business plan so I can go to the bank and get a loan. Your business plan is a living, breathing document that you need to be working on all the time. That's not to say that every month you have to take it out and look at it, but a couple times a year, you want to make sure that you're still on target. And that's all part of a system too, because you created that plan with an end goal in mind. And so the more that you can focus in on what it is you're trying to do, the scalability aspect in terms of your growth, in terms of ensuring that you're going to be successful in that growth and the challenges that you are going to face in that growth and the processes that you're going to need to achieve that growth are not only going to be attainable, but sustainable as well. On that note, this has been another episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters. And until next time, here's to your success. Thanks so much for listening to another amazing episode of It's the Bottom Line That Matters podcast. We're all about helping the small business community grow and reaching as many people as we can. And the algorithms on the podcast programs love reviews. So if you loved what you just heard, consider leaving us a review. And even if you don't, I'm sure you already did, but consider sharing our episodes and our podcast with your friends and colleagues. Sharing is caring and here's to your success. Thanks so much and have a wonderful day.
0: It's the bottom line that
1: matters.